Look at that. When they when they tap out, they know we're ready to go. Oh, they tapped out. <laughs> when Margo and Josh go to just their and their names and there's no picture in the screen, that means they think we're going. I know. I love I love that they they identify when we're actually gonna start and they're like, Oh, I think it's on. I think it's on. Click on. Because we were just we were just talking about Beat Bobby Flay or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Beat Bobby Flay, which is on TV right now. I'm in my hotel room in Albuquerque. I just finished a job. Well, not my job. I just finished a day's of work, and now I'm here working again with you, Joseph. Look uh, at that. I Yeah, we were just saying, I, I think that show is great, except the outfits that Bobby wears are just a little too perfect for me <laughs> the little shirts that that the plaid shirts that are the right length untucked and then the whole kit and caboodle just maybe it's me. um maybe it's that that company untuck it you know yeah which untuck is, it untuck too. it which is a great idea by the way you know that guy's probably making gajillions didn't you just va- you vacation this summer in untuck it but <laughs> Yeah, big hurricane hit Untucket. <laughs> <laughs> so I just saw the most disturbing story that okay. Phil Collins yeah. is starting his farewell tour. Oh. I mean, I was such a huge Phil Collins fan. I still am. I love I, I think I love everything the guy's ever done. Genesis. I love, I love Genesis. I love the Phil solo Collins. stuff. But he's so frail that yeah. he's now doing the entire quote unquote farewell tour oh. seated with a cane. Oh, well, you know what? Didn't he get divorced from his like 18th wife? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I think that's, I think there's got to be some sort of reasoning behind it. He's like, okay, I got to go, I got to go make some dough. Oh, you think the divorce sent him out on tour? Yep. In his, in his new state. I and do. I, I just think it's heartbreaking. I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but the song In the Air Tonight. Yeah. I I got this on high authority. Okay. That Phil Collins was actually there and he saw somebody watching somebody drown. <laughs> and that person <laughs> didn't help him or report it. And that's that was the now that that is really insider information. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. But I thought he debunked this whole thing though, because I don't, I don't believe that. I but I heard that from a great source. <laughs> how could it, how could it be that great? Like, is it? Does he like? Does don't reveal your source. Does he know Phil Collins? <laughs> He just, he's heard <laughs> and that Phil actually was there and he saw somebody watch somebody drowning and he didn't, that person didn't report it or help. And this was his payback. <laughs> he wrote a song about it. Right. And now he would have had to have helped. I mean, he could have helped, right? Yeah. If he was there yeah. and he saw the other guy, I saw what you did. If you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand. <laughs> so Phil Collins is actually guilty by association for not. And I think it's 
<laughs> Why does this make uh, me laugh? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think it's time that he get brought in on some sort of <laughs> Char- charges, charges of some kind. <laughs> oh. I just think it's fascinating, honestly, oh. just to stop. That I don't care how old you are, right. where you grew up, right. everybody has heard that story. Yeah, of you know, you know what the story is behind in the air tonight. Right. Phil Collins actually saw a guy, yeah, who was watching a guy drown. Yeah, and he wrote this, and and I, I mean, everybody. I know, but you have this on good authority. Now I have another source that is totally verified. No. Phil was there. What are you talking about? Wait a minute. So you are you are you so confident of this? Like do you I have started the early work on having charges brought against Phil Collins for not <laughs> for not stepping in and helping oh, the wait. poor man. Hold on. Around. Someone's at my door. Hold on. Come a knock on a door. Oh shit! Here we go, back again. What is this? What is this? It's it's my dessert. You're not supposed to be eating dessert. You're supposed to be leaning out for uh for your roll. I don't know. It's not happening. What are you having, sorbet? No. <laughs> ask hey, ask that person if he's ever heard about Phil Collins being implicated in a drowning. <laughs> Murder death. Two desserts. What is happening with you? I, I hey, I'm with you. There's nothing better than on being on the road in a hotel room and getting dessert. Oh yeah, two desserts. I got some sort of a mint, mint thing, and then some. I don't know, man. I, it, this is like your treat at the end of the day. Yeah, it's hard being in a hotel room for so long. I just eating like shit. I'm drinking so much, and. I, I I don't know. Like I've worked out one time. I ran two miles two days ago and pretty much almost died. You know, oh, I've got to get my life back on track. <laughs> oh my god! Come. Now you're working and you're not <laughs> taking care of yourself. Well, the anxiety got me all ripped and shredded because I was like so anxious it just burned fat off. And now, you know, I feel good, but I'm eating again and drinking and you know. Smoke them. Well, I, I would make that trade as your very good friend. I would make the trade of you being fat and happy. Yeah. Yeah. Then anxious and thin. <laughs> I know. You think Phil Collins has anxiety? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> He's hoping that people are, you know, filling arenas so he can pay off number 18. <laughs> oh, that was, that was a good laugh, man. That was a good <laughs> laugh. Shit. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking about that all day. I'm like, I can't wait to bring this up with Oliver because <laughs> I knew, even though we've never talked about it, that you knew all about that. I did. <laughs> I did. Um, uh, so you're, the show's going well. Show's we have, going uh, well. Show's going well. This is my longest stint away from home. It's about six or seven days, so it's not so bad. But no, I'm having fun, man. I'm having fun. Um, the lead girl, this girl Elodie, is really a really good actor and fun to work with and it's great dude i'm i'm uh i'm pleasantly surprised i will say that are you falling in love on set no (laughs) (laughs) 
No, no, no. I don't. I don't. I'm not like a. I don't fall victim to that, really. You know, but it. But it is an interesting subject, you know, because you are sort of mashed together with these people for three, four, five, six, however many months, and you live in this bubble, and it's you know hard to maintain a relationship as two actors because you can get caught up in all the bullshit you know i think that growing up with it and in it 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 took that allure sort of away yeah you know but it is it's intoxicating you know what i mean you you're with each other and you're creating and you know you're emoting together and all the bullshit and you know you get lost in it. that's why that's why people fucking have affairs on movie sets all the time right i mean true or false and and you don't have to answer this if yeah. it's awkward but your mom fell in love with billy yeah. barty from foul play yeah no one knows that but you're willing to say right now on our podcast hoping to get clicks yeah that your mom yeah. and billy barty who played uh, an encyclopedia and or Bible salesman in foul play yes. had a long, long running affair from beyond, not just on the set of foul play, but yeah. beyond. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's still questions of whether or not he's my father. Right. Okay. Good. I, I just I know it's awkward and it's weird to talk about, but no, I know. But, 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 you know, actually my mom, met kurt on a movie set you know so there you go swing shift oh yeah no i didn't know that, that. Was, yeah on swing shift well kurt actually met me before he met my mom because my mom was dating um this guy who was in the business he wasn't an actor and he played baseball and he they were in this softball league i guess and kurt was there playing in this game and my mom's boyfriend brought me to the softball game. And I was sort of this weird, awkward little five-year-old kid. And Kurt was like, who's that? You know, and 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 his name was Jerry, this other dude. And he's like, oh, that's my, yeah, it's Goldie's kid. I'm Jerry, like, Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller. Yeah. Jerry Stiller. <laughs> R.I.P. And Kurt said, um, oh, you know, uh, and Ma, Jerry was like, yeah, this is, you know, it's Goldie's kid. And, and then Kurt said, hey, you know, come off the stuff sitting in the stands and he, he called me down and we had a catch because I had my glove. And so Kurt and I had a catch. This is before he even met my mom on swing shift. And then months later, he's doing swing shift with my mom. And, and that's that. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more from Oliver and me. You know what's weird is the use of kids as props and or pawns, not that that even remotely describes what happened in the story you just told, but when my dad, and I talked about this in my book, so I think it's fair game. I don't mm -hmm. think we've talked about this on this podcast. When my dad, so the whole reason why my book is called Lucky Bastard, my dad meets my mom in 1968. And in 1969, I pop into the world. My mom and dad get married prior to me popping into the world, but not prior to me popping into my mom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But just the, just that phrase popping in your mom doesn't sound good. Just, well, I mean, as an embryo, as a, as a baby, as a little baby. Does your mom listen to this show? God, no. My mom, <laughs> I, wish, I wish to God my mom could text. She's 83, even yeah. though she admits to being 81. Um, <laughs> again, she doesn't listen. But if she could text, it would just free up so much more time in my life. Uh, she will call. Yeah. We'll talk. She'll have another thought. She'll call back. And she doesn't really realize that if I don't pick up, mm -hmm. I still know she called mm -hmm. because of the caller ID. Right. <laughs> and so it's just call, 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 call. I pick up. Yes. What? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm fine. I just had another thought of, oh, my. Then I'm, I'm already lined up to get <laughs> frustrated and mad, which I know surprises you. And, and she's... It's just, it's unbelievable. It's just over and over. And then she'll, we'll talk about something serious and she'll have another thought and then she calls me back. Anyway, that's not the point of this. The point of what I was saying was how kids are used in divorce and or second marriages. Like when I was a little kid, I went with my dad multiple times to drop off the alimony check mm. at my dad's ex-wife's house. Mm -hmm. I don't believe we've talked about this. If we have, then I no, beg we, everybody's forgiveness. We have not. So I was three, four, five, six years old going with my dad to the home of my dad's ex-wife and his six kids, mm. and he is bringing kryptonite to the party, mm -hmm. that being me, because I was the impetus for the whole switcheroo mm -hmm. and now i'm walking into this house and i know I, i'm not i'm not old enough to understand the the entirety of the picture but i am old enough to understand that i'm walking into a place where i'm not welcome mm -hmm. but i went with my dad it's just like crazy to me that as a little kid my dad thought it was a wise decision god that's weird to bring me with him as this little boy. And so I write this book and my, my half brothers and sisters, and I have six of them, you know, I, whatever stress was there was multiplied by a million because I, I went through a lot of this stuff. And really the whole point of me bringing that up then, or even now is that I understand why they as little kids would look at me oh. as this, as the, and it's completely understandable because now I've been through a divorce myself. I tried to make every step perfect as, as best I could to, you know, make the change, but let my daughters know that they were always protected and they are always number one in my life. And, and so now here I am, you know, at the time, 40, getting divorced and priority number one, because I lived through it as a kid, was making sure that these girls knew that they nothing was going to change in their standing with me. Mm -hmm. And and I look back, I'm like, why was I there? Yeah. Why, why was I brought into this thing? And it was just in your face, like for these people kids that had to deal with that well, so i but 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 could but, but but did he bring you on purpose do you think do you think there was any yeah. strategy there maybe as defense i don't know as as a screen between 
him in right. a really tense situation. Like right. you're not gonna, we're not gonna have some brawl verbal uh, uh, in front of this little boy. But yeah. I mean, it, it is you know having gone through therapy now, it is the root of everything that I am and mm-hmm. all of the insecurities I have and. You know, wanting to be loved and wanting to be liked and reading stuff on the internet mm-hmm. and reading stuff on Twitter and you're awful and you suck and it's a good thing you had a famous parent and all that other stuff. It it it, it goes right to the core mm-hmm. of who I am. And I think those seeds were sown when I was a little boy mm-hmm. going, well, I, uh, this doesn't feel like the other situations I've been in. Mm-hmm. And and I don't blame them one bit. I, I that, That's a normal kid reaction. So I'm bringing it up because we were talking about something with regard to kids and, and, and I feel like, or with you, with your, with, uh, with Kurt. Yeah. And Goldie, and and that would that's a happy story, but it also there there's a lot of bullshit that happens to kids that just get caught in. The oh middle yeah, of all yeah. Stuff. I mean, I, I I it's funny when you say that, sort of viewing it from their perspective, your half brothers and sisters seeing this little product of whatever happened with your mom, with your dad, and your new mom. Well, I think we can do the math there. We know what happened. They made love. They made love. And then you came out. But but right. here's the thing. It's been 100 years. You know, how come, isn't it, why isn't it better? Or, or, or It's been 53 years. This is what I, I'm, I, I, that I know. Right. So, but, but is there still bitterness or is there still stuff or is it just, is it all water under the bridge, but you're just too no. old now and who gives a shit and everyone's doing their yeah, own lives? Yeah, it's kind of that. I yeah. mean, it's not like we're, we're going to Christmas together and it's awkward. Right. right. It just was never that way, except the odd thing is, and I know you're dying to eat your dessert. The, the sad thing is. <laughs> I'm watching it melt in front of my eyes. <laughs> I know. Go eat. I, I, uh, we used to do this Christmas show every Christmas. So we would have our Christmas presents amongst family on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning, we would get up. And for the longest time, we would go down to the lo- to the radio station here where my dad was a huge radio station, 50,000-watt clear channel station, whatever. Uh, and we would do this Christmas program. And it would be my dad, my mom... His eight kids, two of which were myself and my sister, and then the six other ones, mm. and then singers and priests and pastors and rabbis and whatever, everybody coming in telling stories like a uh, like a variety show, and then eventually it, it migrated to our house. So that was all going on like at our house every Christmas morning, and mm. that's when we were. It's when the rubber meets the road. Yeah. That's when you know the other kids are coming over and. You know, here we are, and there's my mom, and it's Christmas, and it's just I at the time it was it's all I knew, so it was normal. But as I look back, it was tense, yeah. You know, and and it was it was odd, yeah, to say the least. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I have half brothers and sisters, and I don't see them. You know, I feel like I should, I guess. I think once things shore up with my dad a little bit, maybe I don't know. But you know, oh, oh, what are fuck. you waiting for for this tectonic shift for things to shore up with your dad? Oh, I don't what even know. It's it's shored, if that's even a word. It's sh- it's shored. No, but it's shorn. But it's shorn. 
Um, no, but here's fucking crazy. Um, so I get a call uh, from my dad. I, I didn't answer it. Well, I, I didn't get his call. And then he texts me. I'm in Albuquerque and he's actually coming to Santa Fe on October 1st. So do you I'll, know I'll the way here. to We're, Santa Fe? Is that what it is? Isn't it? No, it's San Jose. San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> so he's coming. So are you going to go see him? Yeah, of course. Ah, bring a recorder. Let's get I his sh- ass on here. I have some questions for him. I should. I seriously Bill, should. You know, Bill, it's, settle it's, in. It, I've got 31 questions. It's funny, though, because there's always a side of me that's sort of skeptical, you know? I mean, things are cool, and we're going to hang, and and he leaves this message, and he, he wants to see me, and blah, blah, of course, and there's no doubt. I, 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 don't, I don't doubt that. And then he's like, you know, and I've got this idea. I want to run something by you. And then immediately these red flags go up, and, and it's probably not the right thing. It's not, you know, I think that's just sort of, a reactionary behavior or this sort of, you know, protection mechanism, defense mechanism of some kind. But immediately I'm like, uh, what, uh, you know, what the fuck? And like, it, what do you think it is? I don't know. Another I variety like, show with I, the Hudson family. Well, you know what's funny, dude? I've been like, I don't know. I, I think about the weirdest shit. I, 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 I was, I was, on set today and you know you you daydream and your mind wanders and i was thinking what if what if i did a documentary on myself and like the hudson brothers and bringing the hudson brothers because my brother my, my God, uncle, please do they don't please even talk Mar- mark brett and bill my dad they don't even speak to each other and i was like what if i am the guy to bring them back sort of together in a sense and and them to write uh, one more album and then deal with all the family stuff in the documentary get into the uh, depth the, the details oh and the my depths God. of it and then i this could This is your life's work right here <laughs> you're you're identifying it and for people who are listening to our podcast who don't know Oliver's dad and his two brothers Mark and what's the other one Brett Brett had a variety show yeah. we talked about this with Vetter and and I, I've said it 55 times in this podcast, but I was of the right age to go to New York and go to a show, a, a Wiz, Wizard of Oz on Broadway, and your dad mm-hmm. and his two brothers were the lion, the tin man, and the scarecrow yeah. from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So, they, they, I mean, the, he was like a legit yeah. guy. Yeah, they, they were known. They were known, and they, they had music on the radio, and they were yeah. they had their band. I think that band. would be phenomenal. You know, but it's, 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 it's like taking a deep dive into my relationship with my dad and my uncles and their relationship as siblings and, you know, getting into sort of the Hudson lineage in a sense, all the while sort of bringing them back together to make one last album when they don't even speak right now. And they're all crazy talented. They still all make music. Uncle Mark, my dad, Brett, you know, they just, just do not it on together. Their, they just do it on their own, right? Yeah, this is like a mighty wind meets. <laughs> uh, I had another one that just flashed through my mind, but it, it's that's what it is. It's it's that would be so great. Feel like it would yeah. be cool because it's it could be it'd gritty. be beyond cool. It, it would be a passion project yeah. that for you would solve. I think 
personally, mm-hmm. I don't care. It's like me writing my book, and I said to the publisher, I don't care if, if a million people buy this thing or mm-hmm. one person mm-hmm. buys this thing, and that person's me. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to write it. Mm-hmm. For you, first of all, it'd be well done. Yeah. And it would be, I mean, really interesting to watch. But I think it would make you... At, at your age in your mid 40s like kind of complete again mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and have a whole section of your life it's like a puzzle piece coming in yeah but you're right like you wrote your book for yourself in a way yes you know i i, I and then success came but it really didn't matter it would sim it would have to be similar in that i'd have to do this just for me and if it was great and got on the air somehow, great, you know, but because it's an odd subject, you know, it's me and no, my, it's not, it's not. I, I what I it's mean, the is, only reason I got on Stern is because of my half brothers and all the other stuff with my dad and divorce. This is a story that is everywhere in our society. This involves you, your dad, his two brothers. So many mm-hmm. tentacles that go out. Yeah. Now, who who are you going to get in it? I don't know. Is your mom going to be a part of it? Is Kirk going to be a yeah. part of it? Is Kate going to no, be a part of it? No, Is, I don't think so. But well, you don't know. I mean, I don't once know. it gets going. Yeah. You know what I should do is just get, like, impersonators to play my family. <laughs> <laughs> get one of the fanning girls to play. Uh, get Dakota. Fanning to play Kate Hudson. Wouldn't that be fucking funny if it's just like it's like kind of like a mask, you know? Like, a, <laughs> yeah, they're not really my family, but they're just impersonating. Them. Right, Kate. I've got this weird question. I I don't need you in it. I just want you to sign off on L Fanning playing you when we were <laughs> right. No, that's. But great. by the way, I mean. With my sense of humor and sort of sensibility, it would be really funny to, you know, intercut reenactments, you know, that are like kind of <laughs> overdone, but reenactments. Yeah, like reenactments of my memories of like when my dad was chasing the car. A well, vivid memory for me is like I was a kid and my dad was chasing my mom's car out of the driveway. We we're backing up. And I am in the back seat of this station wagon looking out and I see my dad running and mom is, you know, backing up all furiously. And we literally, she literally crashes through a white picket fence. I mean, boom. Oh my God. Yeah. I have that memory, but yeah, we could do. I was saying, oh my God, because I just can't picture Goldie Hawn driving a station wagon. <laughs> we had a badass <laughs> station wagon. The kind where you sit. We all did. We kind of you sit in the back and look out the back yeah, window. Yeah, like a country squire yeah. station wagon. I want to get one of those. Been. I want to get one of those now. That would be an amazing car to get. But um, yeah, we could do reenactments throughout. And I can try to get really like famous actors to do the reenactments. <laughs> right. <laughs> but people who look nothing like the people. Oh, no, that- nothing. You know, like Goldie Hawn is played by. Oh yeah, I yeah, like know. Winona Ryder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Winona Ryder as Goldie Hawn was magical. 
No, and but then you, you know, could have Netflix fly you, around. You're right. I mean, it could. It, it popped into my head today. It could it? It could be good. I, I don't know. Was this during a scene that this happened in your head? Between, you know, when they're turning the cameras around and you're setting up, and you know. Oh my God. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're gonna meet with your dad, and your dad's gonna be like, "I have an idea." <laughs> totally. For a cookie company <laughs> that, okay, I sell you 10 bags of cookies and now you have to go sell 12 to somebody else and they have to go sell 14 to the next person and then you make money off. I'm like, dad, come on. I, I'm, I'm very excited to hear what he has to say. I mean, I don't know what this idea is going to be. Can you secretly record this I can. meeting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's that, Dad? Can you talk a little louder? I can't. What's wrong with you, Oliver? Don't worry about it. Just I can't. I'm having a little tough time. I got water in my ear. Just talk louder. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him and hang out and do something. You know, I mean, we'll see. What if you just end up doing peyote and walking out into the desert? That would be incredible. I mean, imagine if I'm in the New Mexican desert with my dad, like smoking peyote and just <laughs> dancing Is that what around. you do to peyote? You smoke that? Yeah. Look at you. Look well, at me. I don't know anything. Well, I, I mean, I've a... never I've never smoked peyote, but I, I know that you smoke it. What do you do for ayahuasca? Do you drink that? <laughs> did you put an H in front of it? What is it? <laughs> a, 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 ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Yeah, that's that's a that's like a tea. You drink a it. Tea. Yeah. Oh. Okay, you, you drink it. That seems that seems pleasant. Yeah, that's not too bad. Until you're looking at a dragon coming. Kalisi, <laughs> Kalisi. <laughs> you and I should do a very special episode of Daddy Issues and do ayahuasca and just do. <laughs> That'd be such a great final day of my career. I'd love that. Yes. Uh. <laughs> Um, so Margo, eat your, eat your shit. It's piss. It's making oh, it's okay. me uncomfortable. Right. I'm having, I'm having, a, I'm having a, a good time actually. You're having a nice time. Well, you know, uh, it's always like I, I worked all day and, and, um, you know, you come back, I'm back at the hotel. I'm like, oh, I got to the fucking podcast. But the minute we get on, I, I just, I say it every fucking time, but I just, I enjoy it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more Daddy Issues. So Margo, Margo put together some questions, yeah, right? Yeah, and I, I think they're so good. Yeah, they are good. I, I have some right here. Okay, I, I'm the one that always takes the lead on this. Why don't you take the lead on this and actually go pick what you want to pick? Here's one from an anonymous message on Twitter. I genuinely want to know their stance on this topic. Pornography use as a husband and a father. Do they think it's okay? My wife is not really okay with it and views it as a form of cheating. It is something I've struggled with and would really be interested in hearing what the guys think and what their stance is. Take it, Joe, because I have thoughts. Um. Yeah, I don't know that of all the weird bullshit you and I have talked about over the years, I don't know that we've ever even talked about this. No, um, we haven't. And so it's a great question. 
I think it's fine. And I, I think it's, I think when the, when the question is, my wife is not really okay with it and views it as a form of cheating. That seems crazy to me. I, yeah, I, what I, my, my gut reaction to that is cheating is cheating. And, and when I was in a previous life, the one thing I wouldn't do because of everything I said at the beginning of this podcast about, you know, going to somebody else's house and being as a little kid in, in this, and, and I am the result of this, you know, this, this thing that happened between two people. That was the one thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't cheat. So I think cheating is cheating. I, I think pornography, using it, is is not that big of a deal. I, I really don't. And I and I, you know, as an adult, and I was listening to Stern today, and there was a woman call that called in that said that her twelve year old is like on Pornhub.com or whatever it is. And yeah, what it, what? And now that's a different thing. Well, that's and it a was, whole. It was yeah. It was great to hear because the woman said that she told her son exactly what you've said on this podcast, Oliver, which was. That's not real life. That's not how men treat women. That's not how men should treat women. Mm-hmm. That's not this, this is not a real interaction. This is acting and this is this is entertainment. For, yeah, this is for quote unquote entertainment. So I, I thought she had really good thoughts on it, but I, I do not personally see that as a form of cheating. And and I I I would much rather somebody use that if they're away or they're it's been a while than actually going and cheating. Yeah, of course. I mean, I couldn't agree more, you know, and, and pornography use as a husband and a father. I mean, as a father, no. I mean, look, there's healthy pornography, meaning it, you know, every now and then you get in a little, eh, 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 you put on some, eh, 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 and you do a little, bump, 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 and you go look, squeak, 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 and you go, quick, 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 squirt, 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 and then you're done. But if it becomes, a, if you could become dependent on it, because pornography can be addicting. There is addiction to pornography. That's a real thing where you just can't stop and you fall into a hole. What happens is you become desensitized, meaning you start off with a little bit of, you know, erotica. And before you know it, you know, you're watching movies or clips that are horrific because you're just, you need more to get off. You know, that, then it can become a problem. But I would never say that it's cheating in, in, in any way whatsoever, you know. Um, but I would say for this anonymous person to evaluate your love life, your sex life with your, with your wife, you know. Do you feel like you need to watch porn? Do you need to get off with pornography because, you know, you don't have a solid intimate relationship? You know, I'd ask these questions. These are, these are the surrounding questions. And there, and the next, the follow up to that is why does it bother you so much to the wife? Right. Is, is this really a form of cheating in your mind? And and if so, you know, then changes have to be made, and there has to be uh, a dialogue and a conversation about it. But yeah, I I don't. Yeah, and then just I, say to her, oh, you want you, you want to see cheating, and then go off and then cheat, and then say <laughs> and then be like, see, wouldn't you rather me just watch porn see, now? No, Don't do that's that. That's bad advice. No. no, that's bad advice. Okay. That's, Let's move on to the next bad. question then. Uh, when are you guys going to come out with your own alcoholic beverage? Who asked that? Our business manager? <laughs> I think that's Margot's question. Yeah. I would love to. I mean, I just don't know what goes into that. Um, Troy's coming out with a beer. Is he? I'm very happy for him about. Oh, cool. 
Um, we need to do it. We, we could do a drink. That would be fun. You know, I think we'd have to be, do something off brand. Everyone's doing tequila. Everyone's doing vodka. You know, we need to do like organic wine. You know what I mean? Ugh. Okay, fine. No. How about how about like rum? <laughs> I had a bad experience with rum in college. I've never had rum since. Really? Never. I hate the taste of rum. I hate the smell of rum. I hate the unless it's buried in some right. drink that has forty eight mixers. Have you in it, been on? I, have you ever been on a rum springer? <laughs> <laughs> no. I had a bad rum a spring a breaker and I fucking wow God. you elevated it you took it one step further very good uh-huh um uh let's see uh oh this is good what is something each of you have exaggerated to your kids about in order to scare them into listening to you um I I actually don't do that Really, you know, I mean, your kids are older now, but I, I, I don't do that. I, I don't exaggerate or lie. I just scare them with reality, you know. But I remember one, one instance where Aaron, <laughs> my wife, she does that. She gives these false, insane threats where it's just it, you can never follow through because I think it's important as a dad and as a parent to follow through with whatever threat i guess it's a wrong word but with whatever sort of consequence consequence thank you but aaron always says these wild things and and there was one year the kids were being nuts and she's like if you don't get in the car right now we are not having christmas and i'm like (laughs) i look at her i'm like babe like seriously it's never gonna happen we're having christmas no matter what I mean, the kids could pretty much kill someone, and we're gonna have Christmas. Like, I, I, right. I don't know what to tell you. And and, and she starts. Aaron then starts laughing because she's like, I, yeah, I, I like went a little far, <laughs> a little far. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. My wife and I talked about Michelle and I talked about this years ago. That the timing of Lenny Bias mm. dying, yeah after being the number one overall pick by the Boston Celtics and and dying yeah. from what was diagnosed as cocaine use. And, and then the story came out, it was his first time. I'm telling you what, whatever time that was in my life, I feel like that was late 80s, and, and I'm terrible with the NBA. I would say it was 86, mm, 7, 8, yeah. somewhere in there. That scared me straight, and, and I think I used... I, I think I used that example to my girls of what can happen. Like, hey, it can just be the just take one time, yeah, the only time. And and to this day, I am convinced that if I ever did that, <laughs> you're gonna die. My heart would explode, not inside my chest, out of my <laughs> chest. And so I that that just hit at the right time for me to always avoid that stuff. And I saw it in high school. I saw it as a kid. I saw cocaine. I was at a was at a prom and a guy who I see all the time now pulled a mirror off the wall in a hotel room and I re- I will never forget spelled out coke is it in cocaine on at the end of a prom wow. on a mirror and these kids were snorting it and that was when ecstasy came out and it didn't even have a name it was yeah. it had a it had a chemical mdma uh, and just mdma whatever yeah. the hell it was 
and I'm watching these kids, my friends and, and others, like freaking out, like shivering and walking around and out of it. And I was like, I, it was it was the best night of school and education I got in high school because it just yeah. I was like, I'm not it's that's not going to be me. Yeah. And, and I, I stayed out of that forever. But thankfully, but I that that stuff scared me straight. So I think I used a lot of those examples to answer the question for my girls and I, I, I feel like they've. I got you know, threatened as a kid that. that you know. I remember because I didn't wasn't doing well in school or whatever, and in elementary school. And I remember my parents threatening me with military school. They're like, "We're going to send you to military school," and I'm like, "Oh, I got that." And I was that like, was "No, that's... you're not." I was like, "There's no fucking chance you're going to send me to military school." I mean, your mom was Private Benjamin for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't do a thing. It was very empty because I was, I knew, I mean, I was like, what? They're not going to like send me to military school. It's crazy. Oh God, that's so funny. So uh, this person, any update on the monkey lock? So the other night, if you haven't heard, if you didn't hear that, (laughs) that episode, our kids have been going through sleep training. It's been, uh, you know, actually... The sleep training's gone really well, but but the what led up to the sleep training was a nightmare and laying on their floor and tricking them into going to sleep and getting them to calm down and they're in big boy beds so now they're able to get out and blah blah blah. So we put this thing called a monkey lock on. They get one chance and if they come out of their room, they go back in, you don't say anything, love you, good night. And then the monkey lock goes on, which allows them to open the door like by four inches and they can look out like they're prisoners and blah, blah, blah. So we've talked about that. So how's it going? It's going really well to the point where one of our sons, Blake, who I thought would have been the last one to like the monkey lock, actually prefers to know the monkey lock is on for some (laughs) weird wiring thing in his brain. Right. But the other night I get up, so I'm sleeping upstairs that night. And we're still split up because one of us feels the need to be up there near them. I, I got a good night's sleep, I guess, or I was in really deep sleep. They made noise. They're trying to get out. And I'm thinking, I wake up. I'm like, God, it's got to be 6 o'clock. Got to be 6.30. They're probably going to get up at 7 anyway. So I'm going to go in. I open the door. They get out like, you know, animals let out of a cage. And they're running around. And I look at my iPhone and it's 3.45 in the morning. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) So I said, guys, boys, you got to get back in bed. It's the middle of the night. This isn't the deal. The deal is you got to be in bed. That's our pact. That's our little sleep club thing. And I put them back in their room. Monkey lock goes on. And as I'm doing that, I said, you know, you guys have been so good all week. Maybe this weekend I'll take you guys to the toy store. You can each, each pick out a toy. And to show you how manipulative kids are, Wyatt, my son, goes, we've got plenty of toys. I don't need a toy. I just want to sleep in your bed. <laughs> and then as I put him back in, Blake is looking. His face is smashed in that little wedge. The door's open. <laughs> And he's got like a little speech thing. He's like, what are you doing to us? 
<laughs> I love you, mom and dad. Mom and dad, I love you. I love you so much. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? I'm like, oh, my God. These kids are going to be in therapy the rest of their lives. Five minutes later, totally quiet. Next day, they wake up. Not a word about it. Like, it never happened. Oh, yeah. They forget. Just to prove. I, it's just not... Are they better now, though? It's been, it's yeah, been a week. Yeah, they go down. They and take pride in it. They go down. Great. And and we can actually read two books. They have to be in their beds, legs under the sheets, yep. head on the pillow, and then we'll read the two books, and then it's night-night, goodbye, love you, see you in the morning. That's great. That's great. And the monkey lock uh, worked. We should we should, we should be a sponsor on this show. Lock. How about Daddy Issues Monkey Lock? Well, now, but but the thing is, for me, I mean, for us, it, it's a whole different ball game with sleep. Like you're dealing with a three year old, I'm dealing with like a 14, 14 year old because now he wants to be up all night, but he has school and he wants to be on his computer and he wants to be in his with in his room on his phone with his friends and da 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 and his and the LED lights are like all the fucking rage. So our house is like a red light district, pretty much. Like I have. <laughs> People knocking at my door, like wanting sex. It's right. crazy. My Aaron, house. You got to get Aaron out of the front window. <laughs> <laughs> I know that 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 doesn't help. I'm like, babe, put your top on. Get out of the window. But um, and, and I want to go to bed. I want to go to bed at ten thirty or ten o'clock, or at least get in bed. I don't want to be monitoring whether he's falling asleep or not. So now I'm like, fuck. I, well, all right. I guess I will just let him go. And he goes to bed at one in the morning. He goes to bed at one in the morning. But he's got to get up for school. You know, so I'm dealing with, I'm right. like the other side of sleep, which is just a pain in the ass, really. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it doesn't end. If you're enjoying this episode of Daddy Issues, don't keep it to yourself. Please share the love and tell a friend about Daddy Issues and go subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We beg That's you. That's right. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up right after the break. So when I was with Kevin Costner, name drop, hashtag, <laughs> in Iowa, he talked about getting remarried and having kids. And I hope I'm not violating a trust that he has with a conversation we had, but he said something that was right exactly how I feel. He said, I, I didn't like when people said to me, well, now you're an older dad, you get a chance to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I feel like, I did it the right way the first time. Mm -hmm. And he said that my issue was my, my new wife wanted to have kids. And I told her it's not about doing it a second time and trying to do it better. I just know what it takes. And I know, I know the effort that it takes and I know how long it is. And I just don't know that I can do it all. Yeah. And that's how I feel. It's not like, Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. I'm 52. I've yeah. got three year old boys. It's not that. It's then they're four, then yeah. they're five, then they're your son's age. Yeah. It's, are they, they're up all night. And then now I'm 65 years old or whatever the hell I am. <laughs> oh and I'm like, God. I want to go to bed. I want to go to the home. Just wheel me off a cliff. Oh. And, and I'm worried about them going to bed. And it's not, it's, it's not. Like, I, I feel uh, like I'm doing the same job round two that I did round one. It's not that. It's like, I just don't know that I have the energy to do it well. Well, Michelle you does. Know? 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. I saw her last night on ESPN in a little like denim jumpsuit. She looked good. Yes. Yes, I was very proud of her. She did a great job. She did great. Um, Joe, when when do you feel the most vulnerable? When I'm watching Yeah, that's easy. When I'm watching anything on TV <laughs> that shouldn't make me cry, that makes me cry, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to all due respect to Justin Baldoni, a former <laughs> guest. When I am like doing everything in my power to sit on that couch and not tell or let on to Michelle that I am a wreck. Right. Whether it's America's Got Talent or fucking Ted Lasso yeah. or whatever it is. I there there the dumbest shit makes me cry and it's not the it's not the easy cry stuff that they put on TV it's just the the good heartwarming story of the person who overcomes but but not even the one that's even supposed to make you cry like it's it's weird stuff and i'm like why am i crying i know this? isn't that strange there is some sort of trigger that you probably have yet to uncover as to why you get vulnerable and emotional in situations where maybe one wouldn't. Yeah, I you know, and she's not crying, right? And she, and she's an easy cry too. It's, yeah, it's not like she's hardened. It's not that. Yeah. So I look at her. I'm like, is she crying? Is she crying? Is it okay if I cry? Is it okay if I cry? And I and then I'm like, <laughs> trying to hold it in. And and the, the other question is why? I mean, why why do I care? Let why me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Is it easy for you to look at Michelle in the face, in the eyes, and express your love for her and tell her how much she means to you? And, you know, just unsolicited, you know, is it easy for you to do that? Because to me, that's vul- that's real vulnerability that was very difficult for me to do. I'm better at it now, but that was really hard for me to do. Even with my mom, honestly, you know, with women for the most part in my life and, you know, my kids, fine. But it's hard for me to sit there and say, hey, you know what? I just want to say you're an amazing wife. And I love you so much, and I appreciate everything that you do. You know, can you do no, that? That's, Does that make you feel sort of like, oh, like kind of cringy and like, oh god, like, eh. no, no? I, and I, 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 and I feel bad saying that because that was very open of you to say that. Well, I don't. You don't I, have I, to agree with me. <laughs> no, I, I just have never had, and and that's probably from my mom. I, I have. We have always been mm-hmm. over the top. Mm-hmm. And and I when I say it I mean it and and I would not have gotten married again if that if Michelle in this case didn't make me feel that way and yeah well she can make you feel that way I've been just saying the ex- expression yeah no that. you're right. right yeah no I have no problem yeah. saying that stuff to her yeah I never um, have I've even lied about it <laughs> even when you don't feel like that that way yeah I'm like <laughs> hey look you're driving me fucking crazy right yeah. now but. God, I love you. <laughs> um, when was the last time you crapped your pants, if ever? And how often does this happen? This is from, I don't know, some guy, some person. Uh, yeah. Like, I, like, crap, crap. I mean, you know, it happens. I've done it. I had one time, I was uh, rules of engagement, I was doing the sitcom, and I was driving to work, and I just decided, oh, I'm going to fart and whatever. Boom not good and i have to get to work 
take my underwear off, try to be discreet about it, throw it in the trash, and then sort of ask them for new underwear. And they're like the 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 uh, costume girls who are still my really good friends, actually. And um, they're like, why do you need underwear? Did you not wear underwear? I'm like, no, I just need some, some underwear. And they're like, okay, but why do you need underwear? And finally, I just had to tell him, like, all right, I shit my pants, all right? I shit my pants in the car. Uh, all right, all right. I thought it was going to be a little sump, 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 and it went. It and went it was here they good. are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're so nosy, you can have them. Uh, I had, I, it's been a long time. I can't, I, I would, but I can't come up with, like, an, a specific example, except the other day I was downstairs 20 feet from where I'm sitting right now. And I doubled over in pain that I thought I was going to die. And I, I've never felt that. I've never felt like my whole world just stopped. And I, 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 I somehow made my way into the bathroom and literally my feet were off the floor going to the bathroom. <laughs> so I got there, but only because, only because it was... Oh. Within ten oh, feet. Oh, dude. Well, I, I I'm started drinking celery juice again. Which have you tried that? No. Oh, dude. First of all, it's really great for you. Really, really good for you. But you need to keep do it consistently. And I just I, drink my athletic greens. Oh yeah. Hey. Well, athletic greens does it to me as well. But if you drink sixteen ounces of celery juice, just do it this week before we do another podcast. And and I want to I want to see what happens because. It gets gnarly. I mean, boom. Drink. Really? Oh yeah, because it's cl- it's 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 cleansing. It's fucking doing good oh, things. I'm, yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. No, you got to ju- just straight. I celery live in St. Louis. Do you understand that? I know straight celery juice on an empty stomach, though, in the right in the morning, and you're gonna you're gonna just diarrhea everywhere. You're gonna love it. Then it's night night. <laughs> uh, um. Right. Did you did you read the second part and then we'll we'll go. Okay. Um did I read what? The Mandela effect? Whoa, what from the from listener Angie? Where's what's... In the latest episode Joe states the saying is if you build it he will come. Oh. He is correct per the producers. The source is Google. Thought you may also enjoy this meaning you misremember to the... use Anthony uh Andy Pettit's lingo, <laughs> right? Uh, something that you you would swear on your life, yeah. That you heard it one way and it's wrong, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, like, it does. You heard it like everybody forever. It's if you build it, they will come. Yes, but, but it's if you build it, he, he will come. come. So right. I, I didn't remember that correctly, and I yeah. had to look it up because we were doing that game in the cornfield yeah. in Iowa. Uh, it's an unusual phenomenon when a large group of people remember something completely different than how it occurred or never existed. Here's a few. Is C-3PO all gold? Oh. Oh. Uh, Mr. Burns. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it, no. No, but I would say no, but I, I always I feel like no... Because it looked like he kind of had worn off a little bit. Well, his like eyes gold aren't gold, had, meaning, I don't know, I feel like there's some black 
something. I don't know. He's not all gold. His eyes are red, aren't they? No. Or, or like a different color. Aren't no. they colored? Like blue or something? Green? I think they were like white. Like white light. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I feel like his body, C-3PO, mm-hmm. not R2-D2, right. C-3PO looked like some of the gold had worn off. Yeah. And it was like kind of silver. I'm going to look that one up. And then he had wires and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me, sir. <laughs> C-3PO was annoying. It was like a precursor to Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, is it life is like a box of chocolates? That's what I've always thought. Yeah. Obviously, it isn't or it wouldn't be on. Right. Well, what is it? Margo. I don't know. Margo's having a conniption fit. Is uh, that even a real thing? I don't know. Well, what, is uh, a con- what is conniption anyway? But have you heard that? Of course. But like, what is a conniption fit? Like a. Uh, what actually is, said, he closely said, life was like a box of chocolates. Oh, it was, it was, was the whole time, not is? Yes. Life was like a box. Life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what one you're going to get. Uh, that's interesting. Do you remember Hannibal saying, hello, Clarice? I can help you catch him, Clarice. Hello, Clarice. Uh, but but everybody says that. Hello, Clarice. Hello, Clarice. Yes, probably doesn't say it. I mean, what is it? Clearly, he doesn't say it or wouldn't be on here. Son I don't know. Bitch. Like, what did Miggs say to you? He said he could smell my cunt. <laughs> <laughs> did she write a note? I don't know. No, I don't. I'm not. We don't know what's scarier, the fact that we remember Hannibal Lecter saying, hello, Clarice, or the reality that all I said was, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> what are you That's talking about? That's bullshit. <laughs> I don't fucking... Ha- don't, I don't- do you remember when Hannibal said, top of the morning to you? <laughs> top of the morning to you, Clarice. He, <laughs> what do you mean? He said Clarice. There's no doubt about it. I mean, good morning. He didn't just say good morning. Maybe, maybe he said good, good morning, morning, Clarice. Hey, I'm just going with what's being supplied. Uh, was Sinbad a genie in a movie called Shazam? Who cares? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm passing <laughs> on that one. <laughs> does the Monopoly Man have a monocle? Hell yeah, he's yes, got a he monocle. does. But he doesn't. But he does. Is somebody going to tell me he doesn't have a monocle? What the fuck? Of course he does. Or is it? Oh, it's a magnifying glass, maybe. Oh, look at you, Mister! I wanted Family Feud. That's right. Going crazy over there. Do you remember Stouffer's stovetop? Hold on. Uh, or more like the fact that he doesn't have one. This, as some suggest, might be a simple confusion between him and the Planters Peanut Company's mascot, Mister Peanut. What? Mister Peanut. Definitely has a monocle. Uh, do you remember Stouffer's stovetop stuffing? Yes. Well, I'm gonna guess it wasn't Stouffer's. Uh, this uh, there was Stouffer, wasn't it? Stouffer's lean cuisine. I lived on that shit for like. Four I don't years think it was Stouffer's lean. What the fuck? Do you remember Jiffy peanut butter? Yes, there is a Jiffy peanut butter. No. There's no way there's no Jiffy peanut butter. If there's no Jiffy peanut butter, then you and I are not sitting here. Yeah. 
That's, that's, I can't, I can't with that one. That's not, there is a Jiffy peanut butter. Does the sun on the box of Raisin Bran wear shades? A gun to my head, I would say yes. <laughs> I would say yes, too. People swear there was a Jiffy peanut butter back in the day, but we speculate they're combining oh, Jiff with its competitor, Skippy. So there's Jiff, not Jiffy. There's Jiffy Lube. There's Jiffy Lube. If somebody tells me there's no Jiffy Lube, then you and I are not sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> wow wow i this is like hashtag mind blowing. i know <laughs> and i don't like hashtags oh, is there a cornucopia behind the fruit in the fruit of the loom logo i don't know what a cornucopia the cornucopia is. is just like a a a a bunching of fruit with grapes and apples and yes i would say yes there is a cornucopia I would say you're probably wrong. Behind the fruit in the fruit alone. I don't know. Jesus. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't feel good about it. It makes me question everything. No, I know. But I like that. I like the Mandela effect. That's what it's called, the Mandela effect. And Mar Margo says there is no cornucopia. Stovetop stuffing exists, though. It's just not made by Stouffer's. It's a company that specializes in frozen foods that you microwave or cook in the oven. Right. Hashtag mind not blown. Wow. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. It was fun. It was a blast, actually. Okay. Do you do you act? Do you remember Carol Burnett tugging on her ear at the end of the yeah. Carol Burnett show? Yes. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Like this is literally him incriminating himself. Let this it play. Is, this is our outro. This, this is our outro. This is, this is exhibit A. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, that man sitting there in the chair, which is where he's been for his entire tour, the farewell tour. His name is Phil Collins. He was a drummer in Genesis. He became a lead man in the Phil Collins experience. That man watched a person watch a person <laughs> drown. And that man did nothing. He sat there and all he did was write these words, put it to a melody while somebody was fighting for their life. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Ignorance is no form of innocence here. He saw it. He looked the other way. And he put a drum rip in there that every athlete and fan has ever done in a stadium when this song is played. But he deserves incarceration. Yeah. Right here. Here it is right here. Oh, yeah. This is where he's telling the guy. Yeah. He wouldn't lend a hand. Yeah. I've seen your face before. Because he was there and he saw it. Who I am. I've seen your face before. He's just a bystander. Right. Just a bystander. 
I was there. I saw what you did. Saw it with my own two eyes. So instead of helping that man, I made the song. I know where you've been. It's all been a pack of lies. How many times have you been with a group of people that start the drum part way too early? Verse too early. Yeah. (laughs) But but there, the thing is like. The verse just says what it is. Like, there's no mystery to it. <laughs> I'm just saying I have on good authority. <laughs> I You have to let it go until the drums hit. I know. I know. <laughs> I have it on good authority that he was he, he saw somebody watch somebody drown. I'm not going to say where I heard it. People are still getting antsy. They're like, when is it? It's here, right? No, it's not here. What a great song, though. I mean. It's just building slowly. It's like Eminence Front by the the Who. What do you think he's going to sound like singing this song at like 98? (laughs) Sitting there doing this? Yeah. I wonder how he sounds. I bet you he still sounds fucking good. Yeah. Didn't he break up with somebody, a wife, uh, over facts? Yeah. We're getting there. It's getting close. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It happened. There's, There's a thing that he can do, and we talked about this before in this podcast. Making an instrument sound like it's you. Right. Like you know when Phil Collins sits in and yes. plays the drums. Yes. You yeah. know when Chris Bodie sits in and plays the trumpet. You know when, when Hendrix Eddie plays Van, the guitar. Hendrix plays yeah. guitar. Eddie Van Halen yeah. plays the guitar. You know that's his sound. Yeah. And it's, it's the same instrument that anybody else can pick yep. up, but it's the guy's fingerprint. Yep. 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 I know. Well, you know what we should do? We got to go see Phil in, in concert. Like, we should make a date. And when he's in St. Louis or L.A. or if there's somewhere in between, we should go see him. Uh, mm, um, I don't care if anybody likes this podcast. I like it. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. All right, Joe. I'm going uh, to suck up my ice cream. Dessert. Good. Just plant your face in it. <laughs> Show up tomorrow. Your skin will never look more radiant. Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Bach, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger. <laughs> 